Welcome to Indispensable, where we provide you with evidence-based medication advice so that you can feel empowered about your own health. I'm your host, Anna Barwick, and I'm an experienced clinical pharmacist, academic and PhD candidate. Join me as we hear from the medication experts, pharmacists. Episode 5, Breastfeeding. What medications are safe? Melanie Frodsham completed her Bachelor of Pharmacy at Monash University's Victorian College of Pharmacy in 2009. She is a community pharmacist based in Western Melbourne with an interest in breastfeeding. After having her first baby, she completed a Cert four in breastfeeding education through the Australian Breastfeeding Association, ABA, as she realised firsthand how important it was for breastfeeding mums to receive accurate breastfeeding information and good quality support. As well as her community pharmacy work, Melanie volunteers as a breastfeeding counsellor, providing phone and face-to-face breastfeeding support. She helps to facilitate breastfeeding education classes for expectant parents, runs local support groups for breastfeeding mums, and supports mothers through Breast Pump Hire. Hi, Melanie. It's so lovely to have you on the podcast. Um, I'm just wanting to ask you, um, breastfeeding I would say rarely comes naturally to a lot of women. So what can women and people around them, their support people do to increase and and improve the the breastfeeding experience? Yeah, sure. So you're right. Um, Breastfeeding is a learned skill. It isn't something that's necessarily going to come naturally, although it might for some lucky mums. So lots of mums do have some challenges with breastfeeding, especially early on. Um, so I think there's there's two key things that mums can do um, and also that the people around them can do to help them have an easier time and meet their own goals. Um, so the first one is all about um, having some breastfeeding knowledge. Um, so for example, knowing that good positioning and attachment of the baby at the breast is key to effective and pain-free breastfeeding. Um, and also knowing about what drives your milk supply. So um, something we call supply and demand. So if you can build up your breastfeeding knowledge before your baby is born, you're in a really great position. In Australia, we're lucky because we've got a great resource available to us, which is the Australian Breastfeeding Association. Um, The information they have is all evidence-based, so you can feel really confident about accessing that. Um, And they have heaps of stuff available. So I really recommend um, for parents who are expecting a baby, you can um, do one of their breastfeeding education classes. You can um, have a look at, they've got lots of articles on their website. They've got videos that you can have a look at to see what breastfeeding looks like. Um, There's also some hospitals run like a free prenatal breastfeeding class. So if there's one available to you, do make sure that you go along to it. The second key thing for breastfeeding mums to have is support. So at the beginning, it might be um, getting assistance from the midwives or accessing support from the lactation consultant at the hospital just after your baby is born. And once you go home from hospital, there's still supports available. Um, It might vary a little bit depending on where you live. Um, So some hospitals run a breastfeeding support service which mums can access for up to three months after their baby is born. Some local council areas also have uh, free breastfeeding support services. 
Um, and almost all areas have private lactation consultants available. So you do pay a fee, but you can get someone to come out to your house um, and give you some one-on-one -on -one support. How great is um, that? Awesome. Yeah, so there's a lot out there. I think it's just a matter of knowing what there is. Yeah. Um, another really great one that all mums should have written down somewhere is the breastfeeding helpline. So it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So it's really great if you've just come home from hospital with a newborn baby and it's the middle of the night and baby's crying and you feel like you don't know what you're doing, um, they are there. So you'll speak to a trained breastfeeding counsellor. I'll link the number in the show notes, but it's 1-800-686-268. Um, so write that down. <laughs> um, speaking on a personal level, I also found it really great to have support from other breastfeeding mums. Um, so I was really fortunate to be linked in with a local group um, through the Australian Breastfeeding Association, actually, where I met um, other breastfeeding mums and mums who were a little bit ahead in their breastfeeding journey. So I feel like I learnt quite a bit from them. Um, and there was also some great Facebook support groups. I'm so sure lots of mums um, are on Facebook now. Um, and there is a great um, Facebook group run by the Australian Breastfeeding Association as well, which um, anyone can join. Um, that's called Breastfeeding with the ABA. Um, yeah, so I think mums, often it can be quite overwhelming in those early days and early weeks, um, but there's information available for mums and the support is there. It's just a matter of reaching out. That's great, Melanie. And I had that experience too with my babies. I, you know, that cluster feeding on that day two and three, I just thought, oh my goodness, this is never going to end. And, you know, um, I felt really like I got had lots of support, but felt really, um, you know, you, your hormones are all up at that stage and, and you're yes. tired. And, um, so it's wonderful to know that, that the, you know, those um, options are out there, particularly, you know, a kind of an evidence-based um, supportive face group rather than perhaps just a you know um, a blog that you know maybe not um, evidence-based or maybe just made up of mum just trying to help each other but perhaps not always having the best information. Yes um, you're quite right so that's where um, the ABA is really great because it's it's still peer support so it's non um, you know it's not too scary I suppose to access it's just other mums who breastfed their babies um, but with the benefit of having done some training and having that um, evidence base behind the information they're giving absolutely oh, yeah, you're quite right essential knowledgeable indispensable your pharmacist medications become something that is a real concern for for women when they're breastfeeding because they're worried about whether they can take something or not are there any apps or any other supports that that where people can find um, out whether medications are actually safe in breastfeeding I know you've already mentioned obviously the the um, breastfeeding helpline which is wonderful yep. is there anything else yeah, there, um, there are lots of ways you can access um, information about medicines in breastfeeding. Um, and in fact, the breastfeeding helpline is not the place to do that because they won't give medicines information, ah. um, understandably. So, um, of, well, the most obvious thing might be to speak to your local pharmacist, being um, the medicines experts. And especially if it's for, you know, your fairly routine things like what you might take for a cold and flu, for example. Um, there's also specialist 
um, medicine lines available where you can ring and speak to a pharmacist who specialises in medicines in breastfeeding or medicines in pregnancy for that matter. So there's a number of lines for each state. Um, so as an example, in Victoria, we have the Monash Medical Centre Medicines Information Line, which is um, 0395 um, And I'll link in the show notes as well, all the different numbers for the different states. So that's often really good if you've got a, something that's a little bit less common um, and you're wanting to check it with someone who really um, knows. Um, what's safe to take and what's not. Um, I know lots of mums are really um, proactive about seeking their own information. So there's lots of good sources available online as well. Um, one good resource is called Lactmed. So it's an online database um, for medicines in breastfeeding or medicines in lactation, thus the name Lactmed. Um, so it just has, you know, almost every medicine you could ever think of and you can type it in, it will give you some information about that. Um, it is quite medical in the language that it uses, so it may not suit all people. Um, there's another really good information sheet which is produced by the Royal Women's Hospital in Melbourne, which gives you a heap of information about using medicines for you know your everyday common things like what if i've got a headache or um hay fever what can i take or um you know coughs colds cold sores mm -hmm. constipation um so i'll link that information sheet as well so people can access that mm -hmm. um there's only one app that i know of now i know lactmed used to produce an app but they've retracted that um but there is the feed safe app which is actually for alcohol ah. so breastfeeding mums don't have to completely abstain from drinking alcohol um, you can download the feed safe app and it allows you to track your um, intake um, and will tell you when it's safe to breastfeed your baby um, knowing that there'll be no alcohol left in your breast milk Absolutely. I think that's one I used, um, you know, back when I was breastfeeding too. And it was really reassuring to know that you weren't putting your baby at risk. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so, Melanie, what are some common medications that can be taken in, and, and used in breastfeeding? Yeah, sure. Well, actually, most medicines are, are safe to take while breastfeeding. So um, it's important to remember that medicines used during breastfeeding is quite different to medicines used during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So the exposure um, of the medicine through breast milk is much less than it would be during pregnancy. Um, and I think people forget that a little bit sometimes. Mm. Um, also, um, medicines in pregnancy, you know, the baby is still growing and developing, whereas once they're born, they're, you know, they've got all their limbs, so you're not having to worry about birth defects mm. like were during pregnancy. Um, occasionally, um, some medicines are preferred over others. Um, so a, a quick example might be, you know, lots of mums might like to use a laxative after birth because the last thing you want to do is be straining on the toilet if you've just mm -hmm. um, given birth. <laughs> so, um, well, pretty much all laxatives are safe to use during breastfeeding. Some of the stimulant laxatives, so for example, those that contain senna, the senna may go through in the milk a little bit and may affect the baby's bowels. So you might like to choose for that reason um, an osmotic laxative, so one that contains macrogol um, or lactulose or something like that where it's not going to impact the baby. 
And Melanie, I know like postnatal depression is something that is, you know, relatively common after birth. And a lot of women get worried about using an antidepressant. What's the evidence um, on using antidepressants in breastfeeding? Yeah, sure. You're quite right, Anna. Breast, um, postnatal depression and anxiety is really prevalent um, and it's really important for mums to seek help and support and to access medical treatments for that. It's really important that mums are looked after um, and able to seek treatments. Um, because a mum is breastfeeding, that shouldn't um, reduce her access to those treatments and we know that lots of antidepressants are safe to use in breastfeeding. Um, sometimes we, we may prefer one over another. For example, sertraline is often preferred because we've got lots of safety data on it. We know it's really safe to use in breastfeeding. Mums can do that with absolute confidence. Um, but sometimes another one might be chosen. For example, if a mum has been using a, an antidepressant previously that worked really well for her, we may actually be better off using that same antidepressant because we know it had a good effect in that mum. Um, so always good to just double check by ringing that, um, the medicines information line in your state if you're feeling worried about it or if you've got concerns. But I think overall mums should feel reassured that they can take antidepressants and continue on with breastfeeding. Great question. It is worth remembering that you've always got to weigh up the the risks and benefits of using medicines. And often the benefit is in favour of using the medicine and continuing with breastfeeding. So as an example, sometimes breastfeeding mums get mastitis, which is an infection of the breast. It can be really painful and it's really important that mums treat that. Um, and one of the treatments is usually taking some antibiotics. Now the antibiotics can go through in the breast milk a little bit. So the baby will get a little bit of um, the antibiotic. Now it is safe for baby, um, but some mums might be worried that it has an impact on the gut microbiome, so the good bacteria in the baby's gut. And it may have a little bit of an impact, but remember that breastfeeding itself is really important in um, colonising the gut bacteria and setting up the baby's microbiome. So you're better off to take the antibiotic and continue breastfeeding than if you had have stopped breastfeeding in order to take medication, there'd be more disruption to the baby's microbiome. So that's what you're weighing up. So that's that idea of that old idea of pumping and dumping, isn't it? So that's really not recommended anymore. No, there's almost no circumstances where we would recommend pumping and dumping. It's a very yeah. old-fashioned idea. Um, unfortunately, some mums come across that information. For example, pharmaceutical companies in the leaflets they produce about medicines that you might find in the box. Sometimes they will write, if you're breastfeeding, you should um, pump your milk and discard it for 72 hours after taking this medicine. Um, and that, that kind of thing, it's usually completely unnecessary and really has a disruptive um, effect on breastfeeding and can really undermine that mum's um, goals uh, for really no purpose. Um, so, so yes, it's good to access the right information. Yeah, and I think anyone that's ever struggled with breastfeeding or pumping, you know, without a doubt, you know, it's liquid gold. You, you know, you can almost make you cry seeing that that having to go down um, the sink. <laughs> 
Yes, yes. I think I know for myself before having a baby, I thought, oh, yeah, you just pump the milk and away you go. Yes. But actually, it can be quite um, a technique, learning yes. how to pump. Absolutely. Yes. So it's not something you um, would lightheartedly suggest to mums. You really need to consider whether it's necessary um, to be putting an extra burden on people. True. Yeah. And so what are some medications, Melanie, that can be used to increase or decrease milk production? Yeah, sure. So there's, um, well, I suppose before I talk about the medicines, it's, um, I think, good to have a bit of an understanding about how milk production works to understand where the medicines fit in. So so after a baby is born and the placenta is removed, you get a big drop in the hormone progestogen and that causes a big rise in the hormone prolactin. And prolactin really drives that mature milk coming in. So um, you'll probably know, Anna, that um, during pregnancy, mums have colostrum in their breasts, which is that first milk that it's very highly concentrated in antibodies to help protect baby from um, infection. Um, So for the first three days or so, you normally have colostrum. And then by about day three, the mature milk comes in, which is higher in volume. And that's, um, there's a big prolactin drive behind that. But the prolactin gradually um, decreases over about three months or so. And this new mechanism is coming into place, which is what we call supply and demand. So that means when milk is removed from your breasts, and often that's the baby drinking, but it might be with a breast pump. When milk is removed from your breasts, it tells your breast to make more milk to replace it. And that's what maintains your milk supply. Um, And over the course of breastfeeding, often your milk supply will go up and down a little bit, um, depending on what your baby's up to. Sometimes they do lots of cluster feeding and that might boost up your milk supply a little bit. Sometimes they might go um, a little bit longer in between feeds and your milk supply might go down a little bit. Um, So that then brings us to the medicines. So The main two medicines used to increase milk supply are domperidone and the other one is metoclopramide, although we don't see that used very much anymore. What they both do is they they help with the prolactin level. So they they help boost up the prolactin, the milk-making hormone. Now, we know that the prolactin, its main effect is really early on, so in the early um, days and weeks and early months of breastfeeding. So if you're you're thinking of using that medicine, um, it really needs to be early on. If, If you're looking a bit further down the track, prolactin doesn't really have much impact on your breast milk supply after the early months. So, um... So in that situation, it may not really be much benefit to you using a medicine. Um, Often other techniques, so um, getting support to make sure your baby's attached well at the breast or um, just feeding your baby more frequently, so removing more milk from your breasts. Some mums might do a little bit of pumping to remove extra milk from the breasts. Um, Often that's a more effective way at increasing your milk supply than medicines. Uh, So I think that's really important to remember. Um, The main medicine used to decrease milk production is called cabergoline, um, which some mums will take. It's a single dose. And the thing to remember with that is it lasts quite a long time in your body. It lasts about 14 days. Um, And during that 14 days, your milk supply 
down regulates itself because you're not removing milk from the breasts while the, the production is suppressed so that at the end of the 14 days oftentimes your um, you know your milk supply is then suppressed now cabergoline also acts on that hormone prolactin it blocks prolactin so again it's going to be a medicine that works early on in breastfeeding but that perhaps will have much less of an effect or not much effect at all later later on in breastfeeding um, so if you're, you know, weaning your baby at 12 months and you're looking to help reduce your breast milk supply, oftentimes, um, you know, it's just a matter of gradually reducing the number of times you feed your baby to let your milk supply downregulate itself. Um, it's rare that you would need a medicine for that purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Essential, knowledgeable, indispensable. Your pharmacist. And so I often see these on, on, you know, Facebook chat groups where there's often a lot of talk about using herbal medicines to boost supply. So would you recommend breastfeeding mums be using herbal supplements for this purpose? Um, look, there's a little bit of evidence for a herbal medicine called fenugreek um, to help increase breast milk supply. But I think if you um, are needing to use a medicine or a supplement to increase your milk supply, you're probably best off to, um, you know, speak to your doctor and consider using domperidone, which we know has better evidence for it. Um, so I don't think there's actually a huge place for the herbal supplements. Mm -hmm. A lot of the others, we really don't have much information supporting their use. And we also don't have a huge amount of evidence for the safety of a lot of herbal things in breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. um, so we know that they, um, for many herbal things, they can cross over into the baby's milk. And for some babies that may unsettle them a little bit. Um, so I think the evidence is just really lacking for us to be recommending it as such. Um, of course, mums can make up their own minds about what they like to take, but um, I, yeah, I've stopped short of a recommendation for herbal things. And Melanie, I've heard about um, breastfeeding multivitamins. Are they necessary? Yes. So there's lots on the market, aren't there, specifically aimed at breastfeeding mums. Um, there is one recommendation in Australia um, which is like in terms of vitamin supplementation. Um, and that's that women who are breastfeeding should take a supplement of 150 micrograms. It's quite a small amount of iodine. Um, and the reason for that is that most Australian women don't meet their recommended daily intake for iodine. Um, and it's one thing that might be important for babies when they're developing their thyroid function. Um, so, you, so you can find that in a number of multivitamins. I think you don't need to um, necessarily get one that's marketed for breastfeeding. <laughs> um, you can just check the list of ingredients if it's got um, iodine, 150 micrograms in there. Um, that'll be a good one. Um, yeah, so you don't need to buy something expensive. Something cheap will do the job just as well. Um, there's maybe another couple of um, reasons a mum might need to take a supplement. So, for example, if you um, follow a restrictive diet, so some vegan diets, 
Um, mums might be lacking a bit in vitamin B12 or iron or zinc or calcium. Um, so for some of those mums, um, supplementing might be a good idea. Um, and we'd normally recommend that they um, get some further support from a dietitian. Great. I think that helps clear up a lot of, yeah, the, you know, the, the talk that happens around that. So thank you. And now, Melanie, what are your five indispensable tips about breastfeeding and medications? Sure. Um, so first one, I think um, important to remember that most medicines are safe to take while breastfeeding. Um, it is good to still get advice to find out what might be the best option for you. Like I said earlier, some um, options might be better than others. Um, second tip is that remember the information on the medicine box or in the leaflet that comes inside the box might not be the most up-to-date information. Um, you may be better off to check a reliable information source, such as speaking to your pharmacist or having a look on LACMED or phoning one of those medicines information lines to speak to an expert um, to make sure that you are getting the most up-to-date, reliable information. Um, third tip, if you are given strange advice about medicines in breastfeeding, so for example, to pump and dump for 72 hours, as just one option, um, do seek a second opinion. It may not be correct. Um, fourth tip, um, medicines can sometimes be helpful for increasing your breast milk supply. However, other techniques such as more frequent feeding and getting good support to make sure your baby's attaching well to the breast are often more effective um, and are certainly necessary to help the medicine be effective if you do take it. Last tip is that um, spending money on expensive vitamin or herbal supplements is not necessary for breastfeeding. Um, and that's everything, Anna. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you so much for such a concise summary. I think this is going to be really useful for, for breastfeeding mums. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, you're most welcome. My pleasure. Indispensable contains general medicine and health advice and is not intended to be a substitute for professional individual medical advice. We endeavour to ensure it is accurate and up to date. However, we can't guarantee that it will always apply to you. Always seek the guidance of your pharmacist or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding your health or a medical condition. This episode is brought to you by me, the Indispensable Pharmacist. Don't forget to subscribe to Indispensable and leave a review so we can help more people. Look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn by searching for Farm Online. That's P-H-A-R-M online. I'd love to hear your suggestions for the next topic to be covered on Indispensable.